Sure. Oh, piss on any shore. Old time hockey. Piss on old time hockey. You're blowing it. And now between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Art and Caleb. The band is back together. Caleb Kirby returns from globe trotting. The Canucks lose three two to Edmonton in a shootout. Besser and Horvat are struggling. The Canucks make a trade, among other things, on this between the Stammers for January 18th. It's a Friday. We're a little late this week. That's on me, man, and I apologize. Caleb Kirby's fault. I'm lagged out. Yeah, you're lagged out. Why? Because you've been out there seeing things in the world. Yeah, I've been out in the world just checking shit out, and it's been unreal. So where were you? I was in China for a few days, and I went off to Japan, and I got to tell you, man, I fell in love with Japan. Japan is the shit. Uh, China let you out? That's good. Yeah, China let me in. They let me out. I watched a Leafs game, Leafs versus Canucks in China. I thought that game was uh, pretty crappy as a whole, and then uh, I actually ended up missing the other two, but I, I kept up with the scores and everything. I mean, you were gone for a few. Almost a few, two weeks. Yeah, almost two weeks, and you only missed, like, Two Canuck games. Yeah, it's crazy. Canucks really haven't played that much. Yeah. Uh, That's not bad. I mean, it's good for me. It's bad for hardcore Canucks fans. Every, everybody wants to watch a ton of puck, right? But it seems like uh, kind of everybody's caught up with them in games played now, too, which is a good thing because for a while their Canucks were really high up there in the league for games played. And it was hard to kind of gauge where they were in the standings. And now, clear picture. Yeah, clear picture. Uh, I think we're going to know. Uh, well, I don't know how clear because at first I thought we'd go to the end of January and we'd kind of see whether they'd be uh, in the hunt for it or if they'd be out of it. But now I feel it's become more muddled because it's become a turtle race between like four teams. Yeah, but they're in the hunt. They're in the hunt, sure. But I don't know if we know anything more about the team. We, I mean, know, we know about where they are in the point standing, but just not too much well, more Well, they're the in team. the hunt and Petey's been out and, uh, you know, Petey's not playing tonight from all sources that I've heard from so far. But uh, once Petey's back, I think this team's going to spark up and they're going to get her going. Uh, Before we get into the Canucks, though, tell me more about Japan and tell me more about China. I don't have to tell you anything, Art. Well, you didn't tell us anything (laughs) on Twitter. I mean, you gave us one post in two weeks. Yeah, the toilets, man. The toilets are unreal over there. The Japanese toilet, if you you have the money, look into it. It does everything. Nice little water jet, but the water's warm. You can get it pulsating if you if you're into that sort of thing. I I kind of steered clear of that, but um, I think some even have like a little fan that dries you off after you're done. It's just happy poopy time, man. It's unreal. So it's like the hot tub of the hot tub version of toilets. Yeah, yeah, dude. I feel bad that we're doing this on a Friday. I fucking I I I feel like I let you down. I feel like I let our listeners down, and I want to say I don't want. I personally am going to try my hardest not to do this again. You only missed one episode. It's not that big a deal. I know. I understand I missed one episode, but we're late this week, and I, I don't like being late. Well, what can you do? We're doing this on a Friday. The Canucks play the Buffalo Sabres tonight. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that Edmonton Oilers game because you did catch it, right? Dude, I thought Besser played really well in that game. I, I thought he was skating. He had a lot of good chances. Uh, he just wasn't able to pop anything, but I th- I thought he was our best player. Well, I thought he was actually the best player on the ice. Yeah, Besser and Horvat were all over the ice in that game, but they just couldn't finish, and that was the reason why the Canucks lost, if you ask me. Well, that and that f- that second penalty on Roussel, 
for that altercation that he got in with Benning. That cost us a goal right there. That Hutton uh, shot getting called back when we ended up being up 3-2 on an offside call. Yeah, it was offside. I hate that. I hate that rule. I hate the reviewable offside call. It just It's a waste of time. It slows the game down. Yeah, but that guy should have gotten off the fucking ice. Yeah, I agree. I think that was Rattanen, too, actually, yeah. if you look back at the replay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say that Oilers outplayed the Canucks, and I wouldn't say the Canucks outplayed the Oilers, even though the shots the Oilers had more shots. It it was pretty tight out there for the most part. It was sloppy, but it was it was a tight game. It was It had playoff feel to it yeah i really believe that man if virchanan have a chance to win that game at the end eh? oh the place would have gone nuts oh, if he had scored on that one that would have been unreal if he was able to slide that under uh koskinen who had a whale of a game i thought he made some really good saves well he didn't stop the hunting shot which was not a good shot and it went in i was thinking man if that decides the game koskinen you cost your team the game you don't think that was a good shot, eh? Not I thought really. that was a pretty good shot. Mm-hmm. Down on the half wall, and then he had a bit of a screen in front of him, too. I just didn't think he got set. Yeah, I didn't like that shot. And then Kostinen, I mean, he was lights out from then on. I thought the Canucks let him off the hook a few times. I thought that second goal that Marky let in was a little suspect. Like, I thought he probably would have wanted to have that with the glove. Uh, Markstrom was great. But, yeah, he was, he was a, like, I mean, aside from Besser... As a player skating around on the ice, Markstrom was just a wall out there. Markstrom. Especially no OT, man. Hoo-hoo! Oh, some of those saves were just fantastic. That one on Dreisaitl was crazy. The breakaway on Dreisaitl, yeah. yeah. That w- that felt like goal written all over. Yeah. Because the Canucks had, like, missed on the other end, and then I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, everything about that game screamed playoffs, and I think both teams knew that that this was, like, a pivotal game. Yeah. And the Canucks had had Edmonton's number up until that game. Yeah. So what right. are we talking about in this episode? I mean, I, I'm so tired and out of it. I don't even know what we're doing here. Well, I thought I was going to start with Japan and China, but you kind of just rolled over that. Well, what do you want? What do you want me to say? Well, I've I've never really uh, had an extended period of time in either of those countries. Dude, so okay. I, right. I wanted to hear what it's like. Well, I know? mean, we're a Canucks cast, and I don't want to get too far off the beaten path here, but like China is. A very unique experience, and um, well, I'm not asking you to be Anthony Bourdain. No, I'm not, and I'm not going to be Anthony Bourdain. You know, that guy knows how to cook. I don't know what I'm doing in the kitchen, (laughs) but um, China's very unique experience. There's been a lot of like uh, news stories about like, don't go to China, don't go to China. I'd say, hey, if you're not a criminal and uh, you're not like a rich target, maybe check out China. It's kind of unique. Shanghai is a very uh, interesting city. It kind of feels like you're in the future a little bit. Kind of Blade runner It's funny, man. The best Italian food I've ever had in my life is in Shanghai at this place called Mercado's. Shout out to Mercado's, by the way. Great meatballs. Um, So, yeah, check that out. And then, like, a lot of people lump Asia into, like, this one category of, like, oh, it's all the same, you know. like Not this guy. China. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Thailand, right? You you yourself, you've been, you've seen it. Um, Like, uh, with me, I didn't really know, know too much about the cultural differences between China and Japan. I knew there were some. I didn't know there was as many as... Um, I realized once I got there, and I, dude, I fell in love with Japan. Everything is dialed in. That's the thing you can say about that country is, like, every single thing is dialed in. The way they walk down the street, their beer 
they have like this extra like foam tap on their beer and they put like micro head on the top of like every pour that they do and it makes like the beer creamier and better and uh like all their trees are like totally pruned up the cars on the roads like all they really have is like work vehicles on the road and taxis on the road and they're like pristine like waxed shiny crazy looking Everybody takes the trains. The trains are always on time. They're dialed in. Like, well, they have a great economy there. Oh, and man. it's all local, like island economy. It's insane. It's it's. Oh, there we go. There's the phone. Real professional podcast. Off to a good start today. Um, but yeah, like, um, you said you'd move there. Yeah, dude, I'd totally move there. I like. I loved it. And there's not much like pollution wise. Like I was in Tokyo. Tokyo's one of the biggest cities in the world. The air was great. Like, the air quality, just, like, sea air kind of felt like uh, like Victoria. Maybe not as good, but pretty good. And the people were great. People are so polite there. They're way more polite than we are. Like, we, we pride ourselves in being polite, and we have no problem saying that we're polite. They're so polite, they don't even brag about it. You That's know, Asia. Like, That's Asia yeah, for you. It's, it's just incredible, man. I, like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time. All right. Is that enough? Sure. You satisfied? That's all I wanted. Okay. All yeah. right. I was like, we're not going to... I know. got some pictures and stuff we'll show you, but I, I don't think that'll translate as well on the podcast. No, that's fine. I just... We got nothing on Twitter, so we thought, you know, I thought maybe you'd Well, maybe you should have come then, us. Art. You know? No, Saved I was up here, those pennies and, and tagged along. I was here taking care of uh, the Canucks podcast. Yeah, you did a good job, by the way. I thought... Uh, shout out to TJ. I thought TJ did a really good job. Yeah, he uh, was happy to do it, even though he's not quite um, uh, shift to shift as we are. With yeah, the, I would have liked it if he fought with you a little more, though, because, I mean, your opinions are usually pretty... <laughs> awesome? Uh, I wasn't going to say awesome. Right on the mark? Uh, I wasn't going to say that either. Uh, Suspect okay. is the words I was looking for. Uh, I guess we could talk about the game against Buffalo tonight. The Sabres are in town. Uh, no Elias Pettersson. He's going to be missing his fifth straight game tonight. So robbing us of the uh, Rasmus Dahlin Elias Pettersson matchup. Yeah, that's not much of a matchup in my eyes, really. No, it's not, but it's a nice storyline. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Canucks, they've uh, they like. I feel like they've just been treading water ever since Elias Pettersson was out, got out. Well, the offense is dried up. Yeah. I mean, and why is that? Brock Besser, just two goals in his last 10 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one point in his last five games. Yeah. Bo Horvat. Snake bit. Three points in his last 10 games. Yeah. Has no goals. Yeah. Dude, he's looks so good out there, too. Like, he's not he's not a guy who isn't trying out there. He's totally trying. And, he like, I mean, he had that backhander that should have been a gimme. That last game, and it just, like, went right through the crease and out the other side. He's playing well, and the goals are going to come if, you, if you're if you playing the way you're playing. It's just not having that one-two punch in lines now. Like, basically, they have one offensive line now that Pedersen's gone, and that's this is very indicative of how important Pedersen is to this team. Like, he goes out, and 
the well runs dry as far as scoring is concerned. Well, I mean, Horvat and Besser. Besser had no problem scoring last year when he wasn't here. So I don't. I mean, is this a is this a sophomore slump for Besser? I think you can account it to two things. I think you can account it to maybe a bit of a sophomore slump. Maybe uh, doesn't really know his role on the team as much as he did last year, being a rookie. Oh, nice. The lunch lady's here. Nice, Mary. Way to, way to get that in there. Um, so <laughs> I, I think that's a big part is, like, you put him riding shotgun with a guy like Pedersen, he's going to feed him, he's going to get his passes, and he's going to rip it. Besser, to me, all season has looked a little more tentative about just ripping the puck. Last year, it was just like, get it on a stick, he's going to shoot it. This year, he's making plays. He's doing some other stuff. And um, I actually... I'd kind of like to see him and Pedersen maybe separate for a while so he does get his scoring touch back. I liken it to uh, kind of like Taves and Kane in their heyday. When they were playing together, they were great, but sometimes when you split them up, both of them stepped up to the plate and were even better without each other. And I'd like to maybe see that a little bit going forward. Maybe uh, Horvat, Berchi, and Besser, kind of like we saw last year, and then Pedersen get a couple other guys going because Pedersen's so good. I honestly think anybody can play with them. Uh, on the, uh, I mean, this week they've been experimenting uh, with lines and stuff because they have a lot of practice time with not so many games. It sounds like uh, Roussel yeah. is going to be playing on a line That's with gotta stop. Horvat and Brock Besser tonight. That's got to stop. Like, Roussel is not a top six guy. I don't know what Green's doing with this, with Roussel coming up in the lineup playing in the top six role. He hasn't done anything as far as pr- production in this top six role. Like, to me, why isn't Vertanen getting that look or somebody else getting that look rather than Roussel? That's one thing that's been bugging me as of late, seeing some of these guys in, in this top six that don't really deserve to be there. Is that just lack of top six talent then? Well, it might be a lack of top six talent, but I also think you're shooting yourself in the foot when you're giving a guy like Roussel top six minutes. Like, that's more chances for you to be penalty killing because of the penalties that this guy takes. Yeah. He uh, takes a lot of penalties. He's number one in the NHL in penalty minutes. Yeah. And, I mean, he draws a lot too, but, like, fuck. One of the reasons they lost against the Oilers was because he got two penalties out of that tie-up with Benning. I don't think he should have, but it's what happened. And it's reputation, right? Mm -hmm. Why should he have first-line minutes? I like Roussel as a player. I'm not – Shitting on him at all. I think Roos is a great player and he's a good fit on this team. But playing with Sutter. Sven Berchi has been playing on that top line and he's been pretty good since he's come back. He's had three goals in seven games. Uh, I've liked what he's done on the power play as well. So I guess they're just trying to split up, you know, top line talent across a thin, I don't know, the thin top line talent across a couple of lines with Patterson out. It just kind of screams to a lack of depth. Well, I think when you look at a guy like Pedersen out and Goldobin getting scratched, it kind of answers the question of who can play with, uh, who who really stirs the drink offensively, right? I don't think Goldobin is that guy. I, I think Goldobin has gotten a lot of points this year because he's been playing with Pedersen. Um, but if I was green right now, I'd just load up that top line and have it be Besser, Berchi, Horvat and then try and salvage something out of a second line with whoever you can put there who skates together and has chemistry. I'm not putting Roussel in my top six, though. 100% not. 
Uh, the Canucks made a trade since you were gone there, Curb. Actually, I don't know. I guess that trade was announced mid mid Oilers game. Yeah, mid Oilers game. Yeah, Michael Del Zotto traded by the Canucks to the Anaheim Ducks for defenseman Luke Shen and a seventh round pick in the 2020 NHL draft. Shen will report directly to the Utica Comics. Of course, that's the Canucks American Hockey League affiliate. 29 years old, Chen, I was unaware he was even around the NHL. Boy, how the mighty have fallen, hey? Remember there was a time when uh, Brian Burke was in charge of the Leafs, right? And Chen was very young. I think he was like first first season, second season. And the Leafs were struggling. And he's like, Brian Burke actually announced, he's like, everybody's for sale except for Luke Shen, mm-hmm. right? Like, Luke Shen is our next guy. He's going to be our next star, but everybody else can go. He was drafted fifth overall yeah. by the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 2008 NHL entry draft. Yep, everybody was pretty hard up on that guy. Um, I will say this about Luke Shen, though. Like, he was a full-timer last year for Arizona. It just hasn't worked out for him in Anaheim. He has split this season between the Ducks and the Ducks affiliate uh, in San Diego. So between the two teams. goals. Eight games with the Ducks this season. He has two goals, eight assists, and 22 games with San Diego. Been playing with Tyler Sawyer, the Royals there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Does he look like a guy that the Canucks could pull up, you think, if they had an injury or something like that? I would for sure, yeah. I'd give him a look at least. I, I think Luke Chen is a capable NHLer. He's not nearly as highly touted as he was. Him and Delzato kind of mirror each other. They're actually on the same team in Philly for a while. And, um, you know, like Shen, when he came in, he was kind of the new hotness. When Delzato came in, he was kind of the new hotness. And both of their careers are kind of just heading downwards on a trajectory. But I think Luke Shen brings more to his game than a guy like Delzato does. Maybe not as offensive-minded, but definitely better in his own zone. I didn't know that you were back in town then. I thought maybe you were deep in some Japanese restaurant having an actual party that Michael Delzato had been traded. I'm glad he's gone, to be honest. I, I just didn't think we needed him. And I'm I'm very happy that uh, Benning, not only, like, I think that Delzato for Shen is a wash. Mm-hmm. I mean, both of them are going to be free agents at the end of the year, but, I mean... He gets a seventh-round pick out of it, too, and that's a little nice little extra bonus for old JB. Yeah, not bad. I don't think uh, – I mean, since Del Zotto came up, he – or this year, Del Zotto has hardly played any games at well, all. Well, every time he comes right? up, the Canucks go yeah. on a losing streak. Yeah. So why play him? Yeah. You know? Fair. Yeah. Another guy that's still having a hard time getting into the lineup. This has been a story since you left. It's still a story. Nikolai Goldobin. Still not in since the new year, he's been he sat out more games than he's played. I don't have a problem with that either. I don't really like, you know, Schaller hasn't done enough to secure his spot in there permanently. But Goldovin's got to learn how to play defense and he's got to learn how to be better on the boards. And he still hasn't done those things. When you watch him, it's clear. And because he's getting secondary assists on PD goals and his points are inflated, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Goldoman has to figure this out or we got to move him sooner well, rather than later well, because, because of his Gold- value is up right now. Because of Goldoman, though, not being able to stay in the lineup, I think that's why you're seeing guys like Antoine Roussel jump into the top six. Fair enough. But, I mean, there's other guys that you could do it with. I just don't think Roussel is the guy because of the uh, the um, 
game he plays. He's too much of a liability out there to be eating those minutes. Right. Uh, tonight in Buffalo, so we're I don't think we're going to see Goldobin tonight. Uh, we won't see Luke Shen for sure, but we will see Thatcher Demko getting his first start for the Canucks this year. Are you not pumped for this? I am, but Markstrom's playing really well. It's one of those things. We've been saying like, this on Between the Stammers all year. Demko's going to get some looks in the new year. Yeah. Nielsen yeah. goes. Demko comes in. We called this at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And uh, it's finally come to fruition. Uh, I just didn't know it was going to happen in this game. That's all. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. I thought they'd be riding Markstrom while he's been playing so well. Mm-hmm. Markstrom's 10-3-2 since December 1st. I know. He's been unreal. Yeah, he's been he's, our best player. And he was fantastic. And all they had to do was get him a shootout goal, and he would have won last game. Yeah. But they couldn't. And, and hey, Roussel in the shootout. What the hell was that about? Do you know the Canucks are one and three this season in the shootout? Zero oh and five last year in the yeah. shootout. What the fuck? I don't know, man. But when you got, I knew Granny was going to shoot first because actually he's a really good shootout uh, guy. He's probably our best guy, and he had scored in that game and the game before. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, hot hand, good shooter in the shootout. Mm-hmm. But I was very surprised to see Roussel go ahead of a guy like Berchi and Vertanen. That that kind of like blew my mind a little bit. I was mm-hmm. like, Roussel, why why are we going with him? And none of the guys were going in with enough speed. I thought. Well, they were missing the net too. And then, <laughs> who's the, Kara? Kara scored the game winner, right? In the in in sorry, not the game winner, but the shootout winner, Jujar Kara. That's right. He yeah. goes in there and he's just flying down. And as soon as I saw him just fly past the blue line, I'm like, he's coming in hot. He's going to score. Well, that and being he goes said, in and he rips it. Markstrom was stopping everything, man. Yeah. No, I agree. He yeah. was fantastic. At some point, you just, someone's going to score. Stop think, Stop overthinking your move. Yeah. Horvat tried to go backhand. What are you doing? Yeah. Do the Canucks need to practice the shootout? Yeah. I think they do. Obviously. Clearly. They only have five last year, yeah. one for three this year. Why not? Yeah. So in nine, in the last nine shootouts, the Canucks have one win. I heard they do practice the shootout, and that's why that turtleneck's floating around because it's like you win the shootout. You're the last guy out off the ice in practice. If you're the last guy off the ice in practice, um, and the way to earn being off the ice is to score in the shootout, you got to wear like a ridiculous maroon turtleneck. All right. Hutton was wearing it on a roadie this year, and it looked so bad. You look like Steve Jobs, but, like, <laughs> weirder looking. Okay, we'll do whatever it is it takes. Wear a turtleneck. Wear fucking suspenders. Learn yeah. how to fucking score a goal. Who the fuck wears a turtleneck, by the way? What kind of a pretentious douche do you have to be to be wearing a turtleneck? Like, I know Hutton was forced to wear it, but, like, this guy comes out with no belt on his pants, a turtleneck, and he's just like, ah, oh, I got a new phone for you. Get out of here. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Jobs is one of the few guys in this world that could get away with wearing a turtleneck. Oh, I don't think he got away with it. <laughs> well, when you, I'm not letting him get away with it. It's post-mortem right well, now. Well, when you create the iPhone, you can pretty much do whatever you want. I don't think he created it. Well, whatever. Yeah. He helped bring it to fruition. There's a lot, of, a lot of Chinese factory fingers putting that thing together. I don't think Steve Jobs is out there with his soldering iron shape in this phone no okay tomatoes tomato on that i'm just saying he helped bring it to fruition of course he did fair enough put together the gadgetry for it fair enough those fair people enough. in japan i guess probably samsung that's japanese isn't it no samsung's korean korean yeah oh. and samsung doesn't make iphones man. well they did their technology did 
Yeah, I think that's what a lot of things people don't know, actually. Mm. Yeah. They just, You're going to have to get the fact checker on all this. We're yeah. going to have to talk to the Between the Stammers fact checker. No, it's true, though. They, they the, the Apple iPhone, like that technology was made in like Samsung um, manufacturers. Yeah. Mm. It just happened to be used for the iPhone. Interesting. That's why I always say like Samsung equipment is really good stuff. Sam- hey, I got a Samsung phone. Yeah. My issue, though, is that... Uh, Samsung's yeah. Korean. I didn't even know that. Yeah. The, 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 okay, never mind. What else we got? Fact checker. Uh, there was an also there was another trade in the NHL. Uh, the Minnesota Wild and Carolina Hurricanes swap forwards. It's been a lot of trades in the NHL this year, I think. This is the Niederreiter trade? Yeah, Victor Rask was traded for Nino Niederreiter. Yeah. Interesting. Both pretty solid players. I think Carolina won that trade. Getting Niederreiter? Yeah. I like Niederreiter's speed. And I think if you put him up into the top six, he has a penchant to score some pretty flashy goals. Rask, six points in just 26 games this season. Niederreiter has 23 points. So, obviously, I think contract probably had something to do with that. Yeah. Um, the thing about Rask is, is he's a good two-way guy. Like, he's he's pretty sound all over the ice. And Niederreiter is kind of the opposite. Niederreiter, though, in transition, man... If you got a, a D-man who can get the puck up to him, that guy will get you zone entries all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of trades in the NHL, though. Don't you think? Like, a lot of hockey trades. Player-for-player player trades. Yeah, it's been nice to see. I mean, it's kind of been frozen the last few years other than, you know, like, deadline day. And deadline day, hasn't we haven't really seen major splashes. But it's good to see teams load up. And I think that's what uh, signifies a good year in the NHL because – Every all the teams are so close. There's a lot of teams that are still in it, so we are seeing some moves, even if they are lateral moves. You're right. There have been tons of trades already in the NHL. Uh, since you were gone as well, there was a uh, there was a an announcement. Uh, there will be no World Cup of Hockey in 2020. The NHL and the NHL Players Association announced that that decision in separate statements. The sides had met earlier. This was, I guess. Um, Last week, they had met and there was some talks as part of a collective bargaining agreement because that's coming up. Is there going to be another lockout? Is this a sign of another lockout? The Players Association and the NHL not being able to agree on I don't think this is the sign of another lockout. No? No, I just think they, they have that stuff to talk about that's more important about the World Cup of Hockey. Do you give a shit about the World Cup of Hockey? Not really. It was. It came in because the NHL wasn't going to the Olympics that yeah. year, right? But do you care? Not really. No. No. Do you feel pride, like if Canada wins it? I. The only thing I remember from that World Cup of Hockey was Team North America Young Guns or whatever they were. Yeah. Called. And then Team Europe, like surpassing expectations as well, which yeah. was like Slovakia and Czech and yeah. like. Slovenia and like yeah. Germany all combined or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's just like I don't think the players even care really. The young guns did because they were young and they came into the league and they had something to prove. Mm-hmm. And I think that Europe team probably felt a little slighted that they were just all kind of pushed in together to one yeah. team. But uh, Team Canada won that thing though, right? Yeah, and well, people really got on board for that. They were stacked to the tits. Yeah, were they not? Yeah, they were. Uh, John Tavares was asked if he thought this would be a sign of um, the bargaining talks that are coming forward with the collective bargaining agreement, thinking that maybe we have a lockout on the horizon. His quote was, I certainly think it's early. I think it's important that talks are happening. 
It's the last thing you want to see happen again, but it's not hard to look back at history and see what the league has done when these opportunities arise. You try to be optimistic, but as a realist at times, we've seen what's happened. We just hope that's not the intent this time. So what are you taking away from that? Because you're giving me a pretty uh, pretty uh, sternful look. No, I just think that the NHL has no problem going to lockout. We've seen that with Gary Bettman at the helm. You think right now, when the league is probably the healthiest, healthiest it's ever been, when it is finally has some star power and it's crossing over into different markets, when the NHL playoffs are actually performing in some major American markets when they weren't a few years ago, the, uh, coming down to the last lockout they had, you think they don't have a problem going to a lockout? I think the players might have a real say here because they, they're upset about the Olympics. They're upset about the World Cup. I think it's a point of contention. Well, the World Cup, to me, shouldn't happen. And the Olympics, to me, should happen. Right. I think you it's know? going to be a point of contention for the players here coming and up in these collective agreements. But I, I think with the fact that the World Cup already isn't happening, that they've announced that, they're probably on the right track to solving this before it even even gets into, like, the weeds as far as being a lockout. I don't think it's going to happen, man. Especially when you have a team like Seattle coming in the following year. Yeah. Like... I'd be such a black eye on this league at a pretty crucial time. Like, the NHL has probably more momentum now than it's had since, like, the mid-'90s. Do not do not let a lockout happen. It can't happen. I know, right? That's what we said about the last two lockouts as well, though. We did. Well, we can't, the, the, short, can't happen. the shortened season I didn't think was too bad because at least they got some play out of that season. And... um you know, L.A. won the Cup that year. But I, I didn't mind that as much. I'm I'm glad they figured it out. Like, I was pissed that we didn't have hockey. But um, going back to the 05 lockout, I almost think in hindsight that that was kind of good for the league. Right. Um, it was great for poker as well. Now everybody knows who Daniel Negrano is. <laughs> I do. But um, Gus Hansen was my guy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Great Dane. Like, just the just the things that changed in the league for the better. You know, the clutching, grabbing, all that stuff kind of disappeared. And now we have a, a sport based on speed, and it's just gotten faster and faster over the years. And it's, it's pretty enjoyable to watch. Anyway, it's something to keep an eye on, I think. That's all. Yeah. I'm just trying to play the other side there, devil's advocate. That's all. Uh, bring it back to the Canucks. They got Buffalo tonight. It's a Friday. Uh, we're recording this on a January 18th. And then we got Detroit and then Carolina. So these are winnable games. But what happened those last two games the Canucks played against Buffalo and Detroit? It was the start of those ridiculous, that ridiculous losing streak, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's – you're right about Demko. It is kind of an interesting move to start him tonight, especially, like, you only have a couple more games and we have the all-star break and everything else. But – um, I kind of, I just kind of thought maybe they'd ride Markstrom here just because yeah. he's been so good. And really, the only reason the Canucks have been getting points here in the last little while because of him. I think it's a good message to send your team, though, right? Like, the team's going to be fired up to try and get a win for this kid tonight. They're going to try and pot some goals for him. Where are you on Thatcher Demko as a prospect? Because this year it's been horrible because of his concussion. He's been out. Friendly fire in the 
in the uh, preseason or in the uh, training camp it happened. That hasn't changed anything for me. No. Nope. I'm still excited. Yep. I'm still very excited to see this kid, and I still think that this kid is the future. You think he's going to be the starting goaltender in Vancouver at some point in his yeah, career? Yeah, I do. And, um, you know, when you have a guy like Markstrom who stepped up to the plate lately, that's fantastic. And we'll see what happens with him as far as contractual talks go down the line. That This is a good problem to have, to have uh, a guy like Thatcher who is waiting in the wings to step in, Jacob Markstrom, who is solidifying himself as the number one right now for how long, we don't know. But even if it's not for that long, you still have a pretty nice piece to trade away for something. And then, I mean, Michael DiPietro's performance at the World Juniors and how he's been performing in the OHL is great. Like, this is a nice little pipeline we have here. And um, and now that Nielsen's gone, it's it's for the taking. Yeah, it's it's kind of next man up if... if um, you know, a guy falters or if um, Thatcher's ready to go. That's pretty much all I had to talk about, man, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I hope the Canucks beat Buffalo because the last game against Buffalo was horrid. They gave up two goals in the lead in the late in the third period. Remember that? Yeah, I do. That was bad, and I think the team probably remembers that going into this game. Yeah. So I had a conversation in Japan. Was it with a Japanese no. Okay. No, it wasn't. Is there was, any Canucks fans in with, Japan? It was with the people I was traveling with. Okay. We, were, we were the only Canucks fans. But we were talking about the Ninja Turtles. Do you remember when Ninja Turtles? We were talking about the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And uh, we were trying to give the Ninja Turtles personalities on the 2011 Canucks team. How much sake, sake did you have? Yeah, we point? had a couple. It, it was a video. I don't even remember this conversation until I watched a video of it. And it made me laugh. Did you have the warm sake or the cold sake? Oh, it's just sake in Japan is just alcohol. Yeah. It, that's that's what just it, what it's called. That's, that's what it what roughly called. translates to. Yeah. Well, it's so, like a rice. It's a rice no, alcohol. No, but if you, go to, if you go to a restaurant yeah. and order sake, they'll be like, what do you want? Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, as far as like hard booze is concerned. Okay. You order a beer... It's fine. Well, here when you go to a Japanese restaurant, you order sake, you can get the cold version or the yeah, hot yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah. let me let me... Just let me work this out here. So, anyways, they have, like, Japanese whiskey, but that's yeah. not – you can say sake, but you have to be a little more specific. Yeah. I had some great Japanese whiskey in Japan. Yeah. That's part of how this conversation came to fruition, going back to the Ninja Turtle thing. We were trying to give Canucks on that 2011 team some uh, personality as far as, like, the Ninja Turtle types, right? Because you got your Lido, leader in Leonardo. You got your, like, tough guy, bad boy, uh, hard-headed – player in Raphael, you got your party animal slash kind of agitator in Michelangelo, and then you got your analytical smart guy, Donatello, and Master Splinter, right? So we're talking about the foundation pieces on that team, and we're trying to give them personalities. So Max Lapierre is April. Max Lapierre is April (laughs) O'Neill. April O'Neill. Okay. (laughs) You think all the turtles are lusting after uh, Maxim Lapierre? That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard uh, the Canucks or any hockey team ever compared to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, well, this is how drunk we were. I'm yeah. trying to give you an idea of, you know, what we were doing in Japan. And we got pretty lit up. And I think it started because my buddy was like, oh, man, there's going to be, like, Ninja Turtle stuff in Japan. And I'm like, dude, it was created by an American. I don't think there's going to be much Ninja Turtle stuff here. Right. Right? 
But then it came up again as we were drinking, and, uh, you know, we were trying to give personalities to these players. I feel like you could do such a better job of uh, comparing. Like, if you use something else, I don't know. This is very tough. Turtles is really tough. I don't think it's that tough at all. No. And I, you only got a well, name. Well, you have two Sedins. Who are they going to be? You only got a name. Five guys. Who are they going to be? Do you have oh, two you, Well, if you got two Sedins, one's Leo and one's Donnie. Okay. Right? So I guess Leo is Henrik. Okay. Pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, I guess, can be uh, can be Henrik or uh, Daniel. Okay. That seems pretty clear there. There you go. Who's uh, Kessler? Kessler's uh, Splinter is AV. Okay. Clear. All right. Uh, and Raphael is clearly Ryan Kessler. Okay. And uh, Michelangelo, that can be Bur- Burroughs. Okay. I'm okay with that. What about, uh, I mean. Kind for, of the goofy guy. For argument's sake, what about a guy like Kevin Bieksa? Do you think that he is more Raphael than a guy like uh, Kessler? Kevin Bieksa's, um, what's his face? Um, the dude that wears the mask. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. That's who he is. Nice. Yeah. See, now you're getting into this. Now you're thinking. <laughs> well, it's For like... a while there, you were on autopilot. You looked at me as if, like, what are you talking about? You're a dummy. And I am a dummy, for sure. But you're thinking about it now, and are your choices correct? Well, I don't know if they're correct, but it's just using the entire show. I, yeah. I thought you were just talking about just the you got a, you got a rock like, yeah. you got a rock steady and bebop off that connect team that you want to throw my way rock steady and bebop yeah uh, who do you have my rock steady yeah is Rafi Torres Rafi Torres okay right Rafi Torres yeah you know what's really funny I was uh, on Twitter and uh, just some random reporter from New York or something there was a there was a article or not an article but a question put out like who are your most hated teams of all time and her one of her most hated teams of all time was the Rafi Torres led Vancouver Canucks Rafi Torres led that's, that's what, what she, she said. said that's what she said who like, is this Sarah Spain or something and what, Fox Sports or something Fox like that? Sports I think it was Fox Sports yeah Fox Sports where? I don't know. Like down in the States somewhere? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, she's, yeah, she works for Fox Sports. I can't remember exactly well, which affiliate she thinks she is. Rafi Torres was yeah. the leader of that team. She's got a screw loose. And then right? she had, she then she called, um, who was it, uh, Alex Burroughs, a hair pull or two. I think she put that also in the, in the, uh, in the tweet. That I just team thought, was hated I just thought though, it was, right? I just thought it was really interesting that just random, like her other one was uh, some football team. I can't remember what it was. And then all of a sudden that Rafi Torres led Vancouver Canucks in 2011. I was like, what? That team was hated though, right? Uh, that, that's That's one thing that we can all look back on with that team is like they were hated, but we loved them and they had that identity. And I desperately want to see an identity carved out with this new Canuck team. Right. We're not there yet, but uh, there's been some positive signs this season in some of these games that they've played uh, against Calgary. Uh, game game against the Panthers, uh, game against the Lightning, where they really banded together and went after the Lightning. Like, I want to see this team muck it up and stir some shit up and then win with their talent, right? Like, I want I want to see a team that other teams in the league don't like. Um, I think this mirrors what a guy like Tort said a little earlier. This league doesn't have enough, like, rivalry and hate in it. And, and 
hate kind of builds rivalry, but it also builds respect. And um, I think we need more of that. And now that the Canucks are developing into a team that is actually competitive night in, night out, hopefully we'll see that with not only division rivals, but um, with some of the more talented teams in the league as well, stepping up for those games. And then you want to compare them to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Who's going to be Michelangelo this team? It's either Hutton or Rattanen, right? <laughs> Clearly. It's a fight between those two guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would actually probably lean more towards Hutton for, for the Michelangelo. By the way, Hutton is playing fantastic hockey. Yeah. Like, just fantastic hockey. And not only right that, now. but, like, I mean, he was playing with Good Branson there for a while, and, like, Good Branson was a bit of a whipping boy earlier on for us this season. I thought he's played he played pretty good in December. He struggled a little as of late, but the uh, Hutton Stetcher pairing, um, I think Hutton playing with Stetcher has made Stetcher a better player. Right. I think he's getting up the ice a little bit more. He's having some more looks. He's got a bit more confidence to his game now that he's playing with a guy like Hutton, who he can trust more than a guy like Pouliot or Del Zotto. One last uh, thing before we wrap her up here. On Sunday, it was a 4 o'clock game. The Florida Panthers were in town to play the Canucks. The Canucks won 5-1 in overtime. Yeah. Or not overtime. Uh, third period. Third period. They scored all their goals in the third period. Yeah. Or no, yeah. yeah that's well, right. they scored one in the second. Yeah, they scored one in the second, then they scored four. Scored four in the yeah, third. Yeah, and like the second goal was the empty net goal. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Brock Besser scored an empty net. Uh, that was not indicative of how that game played at all. But Roberto Luongo probably making his last start in Vancouver, I think. Uh, there's some talk about raising his number to the rafters. Do you think that happens? I think, you think it should happen. The Canucks have fucking set a precedent here, which is going to be a bit of a problem, right? Like, first off, we've never won a Stanley Cup. And we all know that. But it's just like... I know Luongo was a good Canuck, and he's been, numbers-wise and everything, he's the best goalie we've had so far. But with the numbers that are being raised up into the rafters, aside from the Sedins, like, they better be careful about who they're going to decide to bring up there and who they're going to keep down. I, I honestly think a guy like Luongo should maybe be in the ring with a guy like McLean, I, a guy like Bertuzzi, um... You know, your your Matthias Oland, those types of guys. I don't know if he is – this is like almost like heresy, and I think we might well, get their in, biggest mistake, in a bit of trouble here. Well, their biggest mistake was putting Naslin in there because when you put Naslin in there, Luongo's got to be in there, I think. I don't know, man. Like, I understand Burry and I understand Linden – it's comparable. I understand Smeal, and I understand Linden for sure. Yeah. Beret, to me, is kind of on the same level that Naslin is to me. Even though Naslin meant more to the team as a leader, yeah. Beret's just like the way he was as a player was like otherworldly, so it makes some sense. Luongo up there, especially with how long he was here compared to with how long he was in Florida, I almost think he deserves to have his number – retired in Florida more so than here. I think the Canucks felt like they also had to have Burry in there because he was going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think that was That's kind a big of a part push, of it for sure. Right. And I think Roberto Luongo, I think he's going in the Hall of Fame. If you go by the numbers. Yeah, but who like 
I don't you know, know, man. You know the scenes are going up there. I'd put them in the. I'd put, gonna, them, I'd put them in the ring. We're gonna have no Stanley Cup banners and just full of jerseys up there. There's that's, two. That's what. That's where we're going. With yeah. This. There's. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of sad. It's kind of sad. That's too many retired players, in my opinion. And you know how, like overall, you know how I feel about Luongo's tenure in Vancouver. I thought we Tell made us, a, what is a lot of mistakes with him giving him the captaincy. Um, and I, I like he was worshipped so heavily. Like when he first came in, that w- the red carpet we rolled out for him was too big, you know. And he, he, it's not like, it's not like he was bad for us, but he didn't live up to the hype that he had with the players surrounding him. Like that core around him was great, and in my opinion, we should have had a cup, you know. And Luongo Lo- Lo- is not solely to blame for that, but in that series. When you have a stinker like you did in Game Six, it's it's hard for me to um, stop holding no, back. No, hold and on. Just let, tell let me what you really let feel. me get it out. Let me work my way through this with my thoughts. It's hard for me to um, really like say his legacy in Vancouver is cemented. I don't think he cemented it. I think if he would have won a cup, his legacy would have been cemented, and the rafters would be well deserved. But that didn't happen. And for how long his career has been, which has been long, and for long how long he's played here and how long he's played in a place like Florida, I would probably if I would probably put his jersey up in Florida before I put it up here. And if he was going into the Hall of Fame, there's a good there's a good uh suggestion or a good thought that he would go in as a Florida Panther. Right? Which there you go right there, right? I know it's like a guy like Ray Ray Bork winning the cup in Colorado. Just because he won the cup in Colorado doesn't mean his jersey should be retired there. No, right? but he only spent yeah. one, one season there, yeah. so that's yeah, a little bit different. It's a little bit different, but yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I, I'm going to ask you about the Roberto Lavongo thing after you've had some sake next, because I want to hear what you really think. That is what I really think. I just I I tried to articulate it a little better on the microphone rather than just saying like. No, I don't think so. Whatever. You know? Which is what I would do if I was hammered. Yeah. I just think maybe we need a little bit more of that on Between the Stammers. Is that what you're, you're yeah. trying to push my buttons a bit more, hey? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Enough well, you're articulation. Doing a, you're doing here, a great right? job today, Art. Some I got to ar- tell you, this podcast is just killing it today. <laughs> Some articulation on Between <laughs> the Stammers. Uh, hopefully, we get our next podcast out on time. Hey, go easy. So, okay, this is... I'm not going to say this is my freebie because it... You know, travel and whatever. But uh, I would really like to get these out on, uh, like, the Wednesday, Thursday cost. But I feel now, because I've been so hard on you about this, that uh, I kind of owe you one. You're hard on me? Yeah, about getting our podcast out on time. A little bit. I'm going to take that clip right out of uh, this podcast and put it in the intro. I'm hard on you. Okay, uh, that's it. Caleb Kirby, where can we find you? You can find me at Curbman23 on Twitter. You can email us at betweenthestammers at gmail.com. And Art, if anybody wants to tell you how good of a job you're doing, where can they find you? <laughs> I do it all the time. At Art Aronson on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, hey, we're on iTunes now. We are on iTunes. So please leave a review. And subscribe. That that's the best. Right? That's what we need. Yeah. yeah and, and I'm pretty pumped that we're on iTunes. We're also on Podbean, and I think we should get on a couple other platforms. But we'll uh, we'll talk about well, that in the we, future. Anywhere you can get 
podcasts aside from Spotify because it'd be nice to be on Spotify. That's where we got to go. Yeah, I, that takes a few more steps, I think. Yeah. Uh, but anywhere else, Podmatic, Podcast Addict, you can find our podcast there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get the work, though, on that Spotify. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later.